Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerdstock Movies. My name is Taylor, and I'm going to be your host today. Joining me, as always, are my splendid co-hosts, Drew and Tristan. And guys, before I throw it to you, before I ask how your day is going, I just I do want to apologize for bringing up this DCEU Memorial Tour, because it brought us to this movie. It brought us to just... It's certainly a picture. Wait, 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 wait. What are you saying, Taylor? Is this some kind of Suicide Squad retrospective? (laughs) Oh, I love the Suicide Squad. It's one of my favorites. Not the, no, no, hold on, hold on. This is a very important distinction. There's no the in the title. There's no article here? There is definitely, it's just Suicide Squad. We can put a 2016 next to it, too, to really hammer home which one this is. This is some kind of Suicide Squad retrospective. And Tristan, how are you doing, man? <sighs> this is uh This is gonna be a rough one, ain't it? This is a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Like as there's no I'm not you know, we've we've established I'm I'm number one DC fanboy. Like I'm a I'm a DC apologist, some would say. This is a bad movie. Um it makes me sad and uh even when, even before it was announced, I was like, "There's no way in hell they're doing a Suicide Squad movie." Like you're telling me, I'm, like it was rumors. I was like, "They're not. I'm not gonna get to see Captain Boomerang on the big screen. That ain't gonna happen." And then they announced it, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Well, all right, here we go. And lo and behold, it it's the film that exists. It certainly is. And Drew, how are you feeling today? This is a movie. That's all we can say about it. All right, join us next week on Nerd Stop Movies. Scott, I wish we could just say that and move on. I mean, we could. But, um, Who's going to stop us? We, I know, right? Yeah, but we it, don't it have wouldn't be right for our retrospective. Like, we have to do our duty for the work we put in to do these episodes. I feel like it would be a disservice to us. Watching this movie was a disservice to us. This is the one DC EU movie I don't own. Like, I was like, I'm not paying for this. I'm not spending. I'm not spending more money on this film than I already have. I've it's just so ingrained in my memory, like how much it scarred me. I threw this out there to you guys on uh-huh. Discord, and I had this question. Is this and this is getting into our general thoughts before I get into my prelude and everything, but is this potentially the worst movie we've reviewed? Think about some of the things we've reviewed. We reviewed What If, Thor Love and Thunder. Like, is this worse than those? Because I would say yes. I would That's say here's the here's the thing. It may be, but and hot take. I would rather watch this than Thor: Love and Thunder. A because my expectations for this were kind of low going into it. Yeah, you know, and also because you know, I feel like it's, it's bad. You know, it's a bad movie. And the studio, obviously Warner Brothers, they like to finagle with things, and they there's plenty of stories that you can see. You can see some tomfoolery. You can see some tomfoolery, but at the very least, I think David Ayer tried to do something. I don't like what he was going for, but he tried. I can't fully say that I feel like Taika Waititi tried on Thor: Love and Thunder, if only because the interviews he did after it made it seem like he didn't really try. True. You know, so it's just kind of like, ah, this is just, it's just about, and you know, the one thing that I was looking forward to with this movie when it was going to, before it came out, I was like, well, hey, Captain Boomerang is going to be in it. I love Captain Boomerang. And then I was like, oh, fucking the cast Jai Courtney is Captain Boomerang. He fucking sucks and everything. This is the one time he's ever done a performance that I enjoyed. And I'm like, okay, well, the one thing I liked or wanted to like, I liked. So sure, it's here. You get two cool seconds of Ben Affleck Batman. That's that's that. That's cooler than most of the things that you get in Thor: Love and Thunder for me personally. Like I don't know, Common gets taken out. That's nice for me. So, audience members, I think if you're listening to this and you enjoy Suicide Squad, not sure this is going to be the retrospective for you. We're not going to completely, not. I think, just trash the hell out of the movie. Yeah, and no, no. This is I'm be like. They We're say don't be beat a dead horse. No, I'm going to be a little bit hateful. We're, well, yeah. I'm going to be... I think it's more, let's have fun with what I consider to be one of the worst comic book movies of all time. Maybe the only movie that's worse than this is another movie that has Jared Leto in it, and that's Morbius. Would know, I haven't seen it, not going to see it. Same. There's worse comic book movies than this, though. Have you seen Jonah Hex? 
Ooh, that is a fair point. I just wanted to get another. <laughs> yeah. I wanted Don't, to get a more <laughs> Say never forget Jonah X. I certainly <laughs> won't. Have you seen the Supergirl movie? Oh, that's another one. Have you seen Have you Have you seen Steel with Shaquille O'Neal? Actually, you know what? I like Steel by with Shaq. It's, it's not good. Look, Don't be hate It's not good, Steel. but it's entertaining. Right. Yeah, it's like it's a so bad it's good movie. But let's go ahead and get into this. You know what we're watching. We're gonna be watching. Suicide Squad 2016. Here's a synopsis for the film, courtesy of IMDb. Quote, A secret government agency recruits some of the most dangerous incarcerated supervillains to form a defense task force. Their first mission, save the world from the apocalypse. End quote. I think, by the way, that last sentence is the, one of the major sins of this movie yes. that I'm sure we'll get into. But let's go ahead and talk about some of the cast and crew for the film alongside the director and some writing credits. Again, this is coming from IMDb. It was written and directed by David Ayer. Will Smith is playing Deadshot. We have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. We have Cara Delevingne as June Moore or June Moon and Enchantress. Jay Hernandez as Diablo. Jai Courtney as Boomerang, Adewale in Conway Agbaje as Killer Croc. If you do not know who this actor is, by the way, he played Mr. Echo in Lost, and that's what I would like to remember his acting skills from. Um, certainly question, not wait, this movie. Qu- quick question, Taylor. Do you yes. think they ever show reruns of Lost on BET? Then maybe, I don't know. But uh, it certainly would be better than this movie, I'll tell you that. Uh, Karen. Fukuhara as Katana, Adam Beach as Slipknot. <laughs> the man who can climb anything, everybody! <laughs> Jared Leto as the Joker, and Viola, da- Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Off of a muddy reception to BVS, audiences turned their attention to the next installment of the DCEU, Suicide Squad. Written and directed by David Ayer. And with Will Smith as the star, people seemed optimistic about Suicide Squad's chances, even after BVS happened. After all, in layman's terms, it was DC putting out their version of Guardians of the Galaxy. The trailers for the film, especially uh, the one featuring Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, had people beyond excited to see just what David Ayer had in store. It seemed gritty, different, and was filled with characters DC fans hadn't seen on the big screen before. But there was one giant elephant sitting in the room, purring to himself and making everyone just very uncomfortable. He had a grill and a bunch of tattoos on his body as well, including the word damage tattooed on his forehead. That giant elephant was the strange casting and subsequent character photo of Jared Leto as the Joker. This version of the character was a far cry from anything we had seen before, and Leto's Joker skyrocketed to the top of many people's concerns about Suicide Squad coming in. Leading up to its release, there was a lot of discourse surrounding Leto's Joker, but everyone remained hopeful that Suicide Squad would be the DCU's big break. Sadly, Suicide Squad seemed to dash a lot of people's hope that the DCEU could succeed. To the movie's credit, it really did have some good numbers at the box office, and from that standpoint, and possibly that standpoint alone, Suicide Squad 2016 should probably be considered a moderate success. But from a critical and general audience reception perspective, this was a swing and a miss. A lot has been said about Suicide Squad since its release. The studio didn't learn its lesson from BVS and meddled once again with David Ayer's vision for this movie. I'd argue even more than BVS, but that's just me. As a result, people thought this story felt clunky with one-note characters who were nowhere near as likable or entertaining as they should have been. Furthermore, people complained about Suicide Squad facing too high of a threat on their first mission, Music choices that didn't mesh with the movie, poor CGI, and a lot of things that we'll probably get into when we get into our thoughts on the movie. Then there are issues behind the scenes. David Ayer has been on record campaigning for an Ayer cut of the movie, like Zack Snyder's eventual, eventually received with the Justice League. Jared Leto also faced some criticism for his alleged behavior while method acting, using air quotes there, 
Uh, but long story short, Suicide Squad made WB a lot of money. And other than that, it was kind of considered to be a miss, again, on screen and off screen. A few years later, the studio would soft reboot the franchise with James Gunn at the helm. And they would call this soft reboot The Suicide Squad. No confusion there. Hilariously enough, The Suicide Squad was almost the total opposite of 2016 Suicide Squad. The sequel-slash-soft reboot was a much better-received film from critics and the general audience, and there wasn't any studio, studio meddling either. However, The Suicide Squad didn't perform well at the box office. Of course, the context behind both movies is important while discussing these things, but I thought it was a little funny and worth mentioning that both of these movies had the exact opposite reactions. Anyway, getting back to Suicide Squad 2016, what do you guys remember about this movie pre-release, and what do you remember about this movie post-release? So pre-release, I was actually excited because David Ayer I hadn't heard about for a long time because the movies I remembered him from were Training Day and SWAT. So... I like those movies. I like those movies a lot. Training Day is pretty awesome, and SWAT, I remember mostly Samuel L. Jackson from that one, if I'm being honest, but hey, I still like the movie, so I was excited. And I think this is the movie that started making me question whether or not he was a good, he was a good, um, at his job, because after Suicide Squad, a lot of Dave, David Ayer's stuff has been just crap. Uh, when Suicide Squad was coming out, didn't like Jared Leto, but I was like, hey, they got they everything else seems to be looking pretty good. Besides that, they, the neon is a bit interesting of a choice, but they're trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy. I can understand why they're doing it. Went to the theater, walked out wondering why I even bought a ticket. It's like the only three things I liked in the movie were Viola Davis. She was the standout star for me. Wolfman this Deadshot did not think like he was going to be like the the standout star, but it's like, it's like, besides Viola Davis, which, yeah, no way, Will Smith, you weren't gonna be above Viola, but you still, you still got pretty close, I liked your dead shot, and the final thing was Harley Quinn, who, yeah, this is how I imagine a realistic Harley Quinn, but aside from all that, I just, like, was checking out of the movie so many times, in fact, I think I almost fell asleep during it, and the only reason I didn't was because there was a loud person in my theater, what, you think it was the same guy that was at the screening of Black Adam for me? <laughs> Poss- possibly. Maybe he's, go- maybe he's going around just ruining <laughs> everyone's day at the, at the theater. <laughs> for context, check out our Black Adam spoiler talk. Which, by the way, the back half of it is completely irrelevant. And the sad part is we were all so excited. <laughs> the same time, we were just talking for an hour about like how DC... Can they really salvage it here? Do they have something? What can we do with Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill? And that entire hour just is just worthless. Lost in the sands of time <laughs> now. Yeah. You can listen to our idiotic comments, though, and be sure to do that. But uh, I guess I'll speak on a macro level about Suicide Squad, because I do remember pre-release there was a lot of buzz around, like, BVS was not well-received, but Suicide Squad, especially with the trailers, everybody was like, this is what I want to see. This is going to be fucking awesome. Everybody with Joker, everybody wanted to ignore that, though. Everybody was like, ah, well, you know, I was we'll talk about it later. It. Everything I did, else. I did my best to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody did. We brought it up several times in Comic Book Club, though. Uh, we couldn't, was, like, escape yeah. it. Again, pre-release, I think this was the, oh, they can do it. They can still pull it off. This was coming off the heels of BVS. And then post-release, I felt like this is when people kind of just gave up. I think Wonder Woman, which thankfully we get to talk about a good movie next week. Uh, Wonder Woman gave people hope again, but then Justice League happened, the theatrical version, and just went, oh, never mind, what did I even have hope? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this whole universe oh, has been God. such a train wreck, and it makes me so sad. Side note, for this, this is related to Suicide Squad, this isn't a tangent. I would like yeah. for us, throughout the course of this memorial, like... Let's try and pinpoint the moment. Like, sure, we were like, oh, this is where DC, you know, couldn't come back from after BBS. But let's really try and pinpoint the moment where it went from, oh, this is an okay movie to this movie saved the DCU. Like, at what point do we register that, oh, the DCU needs to be saved or has been saved? I mean, there's no saving it now. 
But, like, I feel like after, I don't know, even after pretty much every movie after Justice League, if anyone likes it, like, oh, this is the movie that saved the DCEU. So, like, what are we, it's just something to keep an eye on. Like, for me, I would put it on Wonder Woman just because that movie got everyone excited for Justice League. They're like, oh, man, this this movie... Uh, that movie was great. There's no way they could fuck up Justice League. There's no <laughs> way it can be bad after that Wonder Woman movie. Oh boy, can it? That was what everyone says it could be. <laughs> yeah, it really does feel like a roller coaster, doesn't it? Like BVS happens, everybody's like, ah, oh, nah. And then Suicide Squad happens, you're like, oh no, it's more of a steep decline, isn't it? And then when Wonder Woman, happens, you're like, it's not even a decline, really. It's more just like. They drive off a cliff. And then somehow Wonder Woman kind of like saves the cart from going completely off the rails and you dying a horrific death. And then Justice League just hits her and the cart goes down. And the way, the way it limps along, you're almost like, you know what? <laughs> you should have put me out of my misery. I, when, I just when died when at suicide. It's like, it's like fucking Ian, Ian McCullen in, in X-Men 2. It's like, you should have killed me when you had the chance! Let's talk about Comic Connections, alright? Let's get Tristan's take on the Comic Connections. Give Drew a break from it this week. I don't... Drew, I feel like you deserve a break from Comic Connections, especially with this movie. So, Tristan, I'm kind of putting a burden on you. <laughs> the argument you made you put the burden on me by having us talk about this movie in the first Stop. place. Hey, the burden's um, on all of us, buddy. <laughs> oh, I didn't... I forgot yeah. to say, you know, my thoughts before the movie came out, really. So I'd, I'd seen rumors of, like, oh, so they're gonna do a Suicide Squad movie? I was like, no way in hell are they doing a Suicide Squad movie. Then, like, a couple months later, they announced, hey, Suicide Squad movie, here's the whole fucking cast. I was like, you're telling me that I'm getting fucking uh, Tom Hardy as motherfucking uh, uh, Rick Flagg? Like, that's dope. I love Tom Hardy. I like Rick Flagg because I liked the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, just from the one episode of Justice League Unlimited they were on. It's like this could be a cool movie. This would be a cool Black Ops thing. It'll be fun. They announced the cast. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. They put out the first image. I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting. You know, at first you're excited because Jared Leto, it's, he's coming hot off that Oscar, and you're like, oh. And they put out the image. You're like, oh. I remember they put out that image when I was at my senior prom. I was just sitting at the table. Just, just being sad. I was like, "Huh, this is uh, this is something. What's, what is this? You know, what, what am I, what am I looking at?" And here's, here's what I'll say: the tattoos, not necessarily the worst thing. The damage tattoo on the forehead, fucking terrible. The, the grill, you know, real stupid. And it's like, oh well, it, you know, that's because Batman punched out his teeth, so he's need to fake teeth. Cool idea. If that's what it is, that's cool. Why don't you actually establish that in the movie? Why is Joker still running around when we just saw in Batman v Superman that Batman's murdering people? Yeah, Batman just encountered no the Joker at least like a year ago to get Harley Quinn. You're telling me he only started the murder in just this last year and not when Robin was killed? What? Yeah. What? Explain it to me, because I don't fucking get it. <laughs> This movie, God, this movie this sucks. Break I'm sorry, man. But anyway, for the comic connections, um, it's the fucking the Suicide Squad in the comics. I don't know what you want me to fucking say. <laughs> like Amanda Waller gets them together and she's like, "Yeah, hey, bombs in your head. You work for me now." Bitch. I do want to say before and, you keep you going, know, uh, for people who don't know, at one point Tom Hardy was signed, either signed on or he was in talks. He was signed. He no, he was signed on to be um. Rick Flag, and then I think it was that he had to go. He did the Revenant instead, which I mean that worked out. Great what a for great him. decision by Tom Hardy! What a great decision! Oh my god! Go on to the Revenant. Go on to Venom. Go on to play a character in Peaky Blinders. Go do anything but go this on to movie. Venom too. Let there be carnage. Yeah, go do anything but this movie. <laughs> <laughs> do what you need, man, because this th- you dodged a bullet. You. Ha- your spider sense went off and you dodged Go it. fight in karate tournaments in real life. <laughs> and win. How, side note, how fucking scared shitless would you be if you go to a, like, a black belt tournament and there's fucking Tom Hardy across from you? I'd just quit right then and there. I'd be like, alright, well, am I gonna be the dick that beats Tom Hardy? No. No, I would. No, I would. I would stay. I would say. No, I'm the guy who got beat up by Tom Hardy. Well, no, I mean in that the in the the sense of like, oh, 
could I, do I think I could take him? Like, no, because I'm a fucking dick. I'm an idiot. Like, I'm not actually, I'm just going to get my shit pushed in by fucking Venom. I don't want that. I'm too pretty for that. Any actual, like, specific comic connections before we, uh... Yeah, no, there's a few specific ones. Um, Enchantress and her brother, like, them them fighting him. That's the thing in some of the early Suicide Squad comics by John Ostrander. One of the buildings they infiltrate, the, the building that Amanda Waller's located in, the Ostrander building, that's named after John Ostrander, who is the... The Suicide Squad wasn't originally in the comics a group of villains, it was just a military group, but he's the one who reinvented it as Amanda Waller taking... Uh, super villains and using them uh with the bombs and you know the suicide squad that everyone has come to know it as um this whole thing takes place in midway city which is uh you know is where the silver age Hawkman uh from thanagar this is his metropolis or whatever uh fucking they make a reference to the the murder of robin that's a thing um the joker's henchman guy is uh, just from the the Joker comic by Lee Mayo and Brian Azzarello. I mean, otherwise it's just general Suicide Squad-y shit. There's no real, like, story beats. It's just like, oh, this is a movie about the Suicide Squad, and these are some villains. You know, Katana's soul sword having her husband soul in it, that's, yeah, that's a thing. The Flash capturing like the Captain Boomerang, that's a reference to, well, it's from more than the Outsiders, it's just from, oh, oh yeah, no, she did first bring that. When you said Outsiders, for some reason, I immediately went to the the Rebirth or whatever, Batman and the Outsiders, I forgot she was, like, one of the original Outsiders, but yeah, you're right, I digress. Um, Captain Boomerang getting captured by Flash, that's a reference to how he's one of the Flash's rogues, uh, fucking, I feel like that's it, I feel like that's all the, the ones that have anything to do with anything. I don't know. Movie sucks. Now, let's get in to our retrospective on Suicide Squad 2016. And we're going to start with our general thoughts. I'm going to get my general thoughts out of the way. This movie is bad. We've talked about it many times. I actually... You mentioned, Tristan, that you think it's inter- more entertaining than Love and Thunder. And I'm not here I, to compare No, I, well, well, it's more... It's not that it's more entertaining. I think David Ayer was more genuine in mm-hmm. trying to do something. And I just am generally more entertained by DC things because I didn't think I would ever get a DC universe. So even if it's bad, I'm like, ah, well, hey, fucking shit. Here we go, I guess. I was actually bored by this movie. <laughs> what I would compare this to is Morbius. That's how bad I think this is. And the sole thing I liked about Morbius is Matt Smith. He gave out a performance that was like, I'm in dog shit. I'm in that dog shit movie, and I'm just going to have a good time. And it came across on screen. And Margot Robbie kind of feels similar in this movie to where she was just like, I'm going to crush it. I know this is awful, but I'm not going to be the reason. There are times that I enjoy Will Smith's Deadshot. I don't care for his Deadshot too much because it's mostly Will Smith playing Will Smith. And while that's enjoyable, for playing a character, I don't really, I don't know. I just feel like it was a miscast because you wanted to get a major Hollywood star. And then there's the Joker stuff, then there's the world-ending stuff, and just all that we'll get into, but it just it's all a miss to me. And it just, to close out my general thoughts, I love Training Day. One of my favorite movies of all time. David Ayer wrote that movie. He did not direct that movie. Very important distinction. He wrote that movie. It boggles my mind that he wrote that movie and he wrote this. I will say in his defense for writing this, I think it was that like they only gave him six weeks to write it. That is a decent defense. But at the same time, even with the meddling that is there, I'm not sure. Even, I'm, we're not here to also talk about like the air cut and stuff like that. But I'm just thinking what this movie could have been. like What was cut out? What could have been in it? I'm not sure there is a version out there that I would have enjoyed this version. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I'd like to sign off on that. They were like, oh, release the Ayer cut. No, I'm good. They were like, release it. You're like, well, you supported release the Snyder cut. That's because I was somewhat interested in what Snyder was doing. Yeah, I'm just saying I highly doubt that this Ayer cut would be great, based, at least in my opinion, just off of what we got and also what I think this movie, like, okay, here's what he was going for with Deadshot and Harley Quinn and Joker. I just didn't like the directions of it. The bones of this was were were not, they weren't it. 
But what are your guys' general thoughts on Suicide Squad? It's just, I don't know. Like, I enjoy Captain Boomerang. I wish Katana got to do more because Karen Fukuhara, great actress, especially if you watch The Boys, like, she's great. Um, Mm -hmm. But everything is just so rushed and just jumbled and the plot just (sighs) Amanda Waller causes the problem. Yep. But then... Well, that's on brand for Amanda Waller. No, it's on brand, but it's it's not normally this fucking stupid. True that. (laughs) Like, Amanda Waller's a fucking genius. It's like, Amanda, what did you think would happen in this situation? Like, what? What? And then the plan was just, okay, a bomb will in the subway will blow up incubus what and why do we have a giant blue light at the sky and why are we spending half this movie watching carol delavine like throwing her hips around like one of the inflatable tube men outside of a car dealership reminds me of okay and then that's just me oh my god she looks like such a big hula hooper and just also also let's just take a second the 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 scene where she, I know we're we're still in journal thoughts, but I can't hold in hold this in any longer. The scene where right before she turns into Enchantress and goes to fuck around and fuck up Amanda Waller and get her little her brother's thing, all that shit, and like she and Joel Kinnaman and you know Rick Flag, they're in the hotel room, and he's looking out the window, and he just bites down on this piece of chicken so viciously. It's one of the most memorable scenes of the movie. I don't know what you're talking about, Tristan. Okay, so I'm not crazy. You also know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? It's one of the scenes I actually vividly remember from this movie. Years later, and then I rewatched it, and I'm like, I know this scene is coming up. And he's like, (laughs) just so much of it. So much of this movie is me going, why? Why did you do this? That's my general thought. Aside from, this is bad. Why? Why? (laughs) Why? Why? Like, explain it to me. Why? Because I don't. The ma- someone get someone get a TI-85 because the math ain't mathin' for Drew, me. Drew, let's get into your general thoughts. I don't want to spend two hours on this episode, so... Okay, okay. Just quick on the chicken scene. That was my interpretation that even the actors knew that they were in something that wasn't gonna be good. But, uh, as far as general thoughts, uh, it, it's boring. It's so boring that I, while watching the movie, I paused it got up, brought my keyboard into my into the living room and took it apart to dust it while the movie was playing. That's how bored I was. I just like I would I would rather clean my freaking keyboard like a pedantic like a pedantic perfectionist than actually watch the movie. And keep in mind, we are going to sit here and talk about plot details and stuff. We're not sitting here and lazily being like, "Well, huh, we're going to just shit on this movie." No. We I'm went, clear we talk about details if we remember this man eating a yes, fucking piece of chicken. We are going through, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. There is some good, to be fair, there is going to be some good that we talk about. A lot of it's going to be some bad, but again, I think I'm going to at least try to have fun with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind hating this movie, but there is one question I have. It's another Rick Flag scene, and something that I just don't understand. How is he alive? He set a bomb for two seconds, and Enchantress literally pressed it, and he nearly dropped the bomb. It's like, how did you survive? That bomb should have killed you. You were dead holding it. How are you alive, Rick? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a piece of um, tile, so he was invulnerable to it. It's I like see what she did it's there. The ones. It's like Balder with the mistletoe, which is the specific. Very specific. <laughs> just one specific. Potentially spoilerish for another movie. <laughs> a better you movie, some I'll, would say. It's, it's a much better movie, oh. a lot of people would say. Yeah, I'd go so far as to say that. Check out our spoiler talk on The Suicide Squad. A much better movie. I might have to watch that on my own Great just movie. as a palate cleanser. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, general thought. I was bored. I was bored. I cleaned my keyboard, which was nice. It looks nice right now. Uh, I will never clean my keyboard again because it took way too long to or something that I wouldn't want to do unless I'm forced to watch Suicide Squad again. PSA, hold on now, hold on. PSA, people, clean your keyboards. My keyboard's only sin was dust. I literally just dusted it. This movie had a lot of sins. There you go. I knew it was something was coming. Uh, <laughs> now, there's a lot of sins in this movie. 
Can we get on one of my favorite parts of the movie? The character introduction? We can, and I won't say that this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. It starts out good. It's a part of the movie. I will say it starts, starts out, out great. Good. Deadshot's introduction, great. Him mm-hmm. holding the gun, like, with a reference to the comic book cover? Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Here's where I think it goes off the rails. It starts out with House of the Rising Sun. It's got this prison sequence. And Deadshot, he's uh, that. Who's that random guard? Griggs, I think is his name. Yeah, it's just some. Ike Barinholtz is the actor. Like, he's like, t- fingernails are in here, toenails, all that stuff. So you're like, oh, shit. Deadshot's going to get out of here and he's going to beat the crap out of this guy. And it, no, it kinda he's sets, not. No, he, nope. he doesn't, by the way. But he sets <laughs> he doesn't. the stage for the environment dead shots in and everything and you got house of the rising sun playing in the background it kind of gives you this feeling like all right here we go david ayer's writing this shit let's go this is gonna be awesome and then two minutes in let's switch to another song and here's harley quinn and then there's a third it's, one it goes it's like a music so video it's like it's like okay soundtrack. Hold on. it's like somebody's spotify playlist somehow got here it doesn't make any sense. No, no, Taylor, you know what it's like, and I know you don't like this franchise, but you can't deny they know how to use music. Do you recall in the first th- film of the Fast and Furious franchise, The Fast and the Furious, when they first go to the car meet and you see 17 different songs in 30 seconds because every car is playing a different song yeah. and you have to like cut back and forth to the different groups that are like different minorities. So you're like, oh, they're all like bringing their own different culture here. And it's all like you got the Limp Biscuit playing. Then you got the, the Nas playing <laughs> like that. That's what it's like. Yeah. Except Fast and Furious well, did it better. Which yeah. is something you rarely well, get to say. It's rarely you get to say, and I'm not sure you well, want to say Well, that's ironic, because that is a David Ayer screenplay. <laughs> he did write The Fast and the Furious, didn't he? But yeah, I, I think that's the thing for me, is just so many back-to-back songs. It just, it takes me out of it. I like the songs. I, almost all the songs they're good songs. Individually, they're awesome songs. Just poorly used. Yeah, they're just poorly used in the movie. The editing is already a train wreck. But the character introductions, when it comes to, like, in the, if I take out the music of it and just, like, all right, how they introduce Deadshot and how they introduce Harley Quinn, cool. All that's awesome. I want to get to the other way they introduce them through, like, the character sheets. But I don't know. Drew, you, you said you really like this. So I like the colorful introductions. I wish that um, these are how we were introduced to the characters at first. Because by that by the way the movie does it, we're technically introduced to most of the characters like twice, almost. The yeah, it's through. redundant. It's unnecessary. Like if you just, <laughs> just so many introductions. If you start the movie. movie from Amanda Waller getting out of the car with Fortunate Son playing, and then you get the breakdown of each character. I know it's Sympathy for the Devil that's playing. Oh no! Really Fortunate Sons for uh, Killer. Yeah, Croc. when they're in the helicopter. Yeah, that's for no, Killer. Fortunate Croc. Son. Yeah. Well, Fortunate Son when they're on the the helicopter like going into the city because it's like a vietnam i thought it was thing. uh for killer crocs intro they were playing it i think they just keep it going they, they might do. just be they might just play the whole song they might how but bad I, is it that though that the scenes can blend together to where you feel like oh wait doesn't yeah. this happen there or does it happen it's not there? great not great bob it's not it's not it's not great i do like the character sheet stuff though but it also goes by too fast like, if you were in the theater watching this, you're like, okay, Deadshot, oh man, that's a lot of weapons. Yeah. And then it goes to Harley, and Harley, you barely see the accomplice to the murder of barely Robin. See her. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, that's kind of a big thing to drop. I will say <laughs> one thing about this scene. Well, actually, two things. A, the steak Amanda Waller eats, it looks tasty, almost as tasty as the steak that Cypher eats in the first Matrix that we talked about. You remember that fucking steak and just that big old glass of red wine. I'm like, ooh, Amanda, you're having a night. I'm here for it. But also, the guy that she's talking to that's not David Harbour, like the government guy she's trying to convince to be like, hey, let me do the Suicide Squad. He played Rick Flag on Smallville. <laughs> a better version of the Suicide Squad, I would go as far as to say. That's funny. Yeah. Tristan, what are your, what's your take on the introductions? Deadshot's is cool. Harley's is it's there, you know. Um, it's commons in that, and I don't like him, but I like seeing you know see Joker make fun of him, and and uh, 
yeah, the 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 these intros happen. They're just Captain Boomerangs is cool. You see the Flash, that I one's like good. That's a good one. Um, yeah, they there's yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't have anything else on these intros. Yeah, <laughs> just, I, I get you. Just, well, since we're on the introductions, uh, because the the whole thing had the accomplice in the murder of Harley. I was half expecting Batman to punch her back to life just for the passive aggressiveness of it. The fact that he does the mouth to mouth, it's like he, she murder, she helped murder Robin. It's yeah. Like, what is so this, it's like, like, so you're going to save her life, Batman, but random Joe down at the docks, who's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He thought he was picking up some art for Mr. Luthor and now he's in traction. Never going to chew solid food again. Cause you flipped the car he was in. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. It's fucking stupid. But also I love how, you know, when Batman confronts, First of all, uh, credit where credit's due. A lot of cool Ben Affleck Batman imagery in this in this beginning. You know, he glides down in the alley like Michael Keaton Batman, and he's like, "I don't want to do this in front of your." He's like, "I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to do this in front of your daughter." And then immediately punches Deadshot in the face. <laughs> Just does not hesitate to do it in front of his daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's a good that's a good way of showing his descent. That I like. yeah, that was cool. And then you know. Him chasing Harley and Joker, dumb that he, you know, let either of them live when we've seen him be bloodthirsty, but it's always cool to see Batman on the roof of a car on a car chase. That's cool. That's something we haven't really gotten in live action, and I like that. I always like seeing that in the comics and the cartoons. So I was like, you know what? This looks cool. Yeah. And that's the last nice thing I'll say about this intro. Yeah, there's some good Ben Affleck Batman stuff here, and when we're going, like, it doesn't make sense for him to save Harley and not kill Joker. We just complained last week about BVS and all the murders. That's yeah, I hate the murders. Why. We're not just sitting here and going, let him be Punisher. We're saying, no. I'd rather Batman not murder anyone. But if you're going to do it, be consistent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, if, you, if you're going to have a murderous Batman, then let, let, let him be murderous. And it's like, that's the thing. If Batman murders, Joker should never, ever, ever be in that verse. Because he would be the, He'd first be the first one, one to go. to kill. He'd be the only one Batman would would really seek to murder. Yeah. But guys, you don't get it. That Joker isn't really the Joker. It's Jason Todd. Oh, fucking... <laughs> Put my goddamn head through a wall. I felt the rage from Tristan. Like, he wanted to just slap me <laughs> outside the fucking... face. Knowing that I'm being sarcastic. That was one of my least favorite, like, fan theories leading. I was like, you've got to be... It was like, Jared Leto is the same age as Ben Affleck. How the fuck would that work? I can't stand so much about this. Let's talk about favorite characters. For me, it's Harley Quinn is the standout of this movie. Uh, in terms of other favorite characters, uh, Boomerang is awesome. Boomerang's number two for me. Yeah, Captain far. Boomerang's my number one. He's great. And that's about it. Everybody else in this movie is god-awful. Thank God. God, for except for Amanda Waller. Squad. Yeah, Amanda Waller, yeah, like she's, she's my great. she's my favorite, and it's mostly because of Viola Davis. But it's like still Amanda Waller, really on brand in the com- really on yeah. brand in the comics. It's like, hey, I'm gonna manipulate you. Oh, these subordinates weren't cleared for this. I'm shooting you all right now. It's like you you lo- you hate her, but you love to see what well, she does. The next. problem I have with that scene where she shoots all her subordinates is, for one, it shows like, oh no, she's as bad if not worse than the suicide squad however it's played as a joke when it could have been a dramatic moment to really hammer that home to everybody instead it's just will smith as deadshot going that's a mean lady right there yeah, and then he they says really that's shouldn't gangsta. have played it for a joke. Oh, I think in another version yeah. he said that was. No, he says no. I'm, okay. He says he says both. Okay. He says both. Like yeah, he says because both. he says to Rick Flagg, "Oh, that's a mean lady." Then Amanda walks by. He's like, "That's gangster." Was Dead Deadshot's not a good person? I don't mind anything with these characters being not good people. They're in the Suicide Squad. They're not good people. They should be bad people. Yeah. However, I do yeah. think you shouldn't play that part up for jokes when. You know, you're trying to tell this story of they're not great people, and Amanda Waller is worse. Then you should go, hey, let's not have the joke be here, because that would really undercut all that drama. Joel Kinnaman, thank God for the Suicide Squad, because he's awful in this movie. To be fair... He's not good in this movie. 
uh, that show, Alter Carbon, that he was in season one, that oh, helped yeah. as well. Between Alter Carbon and the Suicide Squad, it saved my perception of Joel Kinnaman. And and here's the thing to play into, you know, the, the just the expectations of me. Can we take a second to talk about his body and Altered Carbon? Bro is caught. Like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like like holy fuck, man is built like a Dorito. I will admit, yeah, you're right. Joel Kinnaman is like one of the most cut dudes I've ever seen. So shredded like a plate of mozzarella. The Enchantress, uh, she sucks. She sucks. I have nothing good to say about her. Let's not even talk about her. She sucks. She's bad, and we don't have to acknowledge her. They didn't even get her design right. Like her brother looks better than her. Her, He does. He does. He looks stupid, but yeah, I was about to say the CGI is really awful. (laughs) The CGI is awful. Absolute cheeks. But it's like, yeah, but but it's like when I realized that her brother looked better than her, I was like, how do you do that? How do you make bad CGI look better? Yeah, it, it's the scale, tough, you know. It's, it's a gradient. <laughs> I think that's the thing that gets me. This movie, the reason it's so irredeemable to me, is because the only character that's either enjoyable slash likable is Harley Quinn, and maybe uh, Boomerang. Everybody else, there's things they do. Deadshot is kind of just a dick throughout. Rick Flag is a moron throughout, and like he's just keeping stuff from Deadshot. And at the end of the movie, like he gives. Deadshot the letters, and then they just all help him out. And I'm like, I don't really get why they help him. Out. <laughs> I would have said, fuck this guy. Yeah, you just said, fuck this guy. That like they're not really fr- like they do this thing at the end, like they are. No, they're family. Now. They're family. And now they're, they're family. family. They're, fa- they're family. I'm like, what? See, in Guardians of the Galaxy, that works because the, you give a fuck about the characters, and you feel like those characters are bonded through something by the end of the movie and in part two you see more in this movie i don't see anything even close to it and by the end of it diablo after telling a sob story about how he killed his family and then he's like i'm not gonna lose another family it's like well you almost got him killed about an hour ago into this movie and also their family because you shared your sob story (laughs) we've known each other for like not even a full weekend yeah at least with the Guardians, it's like they—it's like they all share their trauma in some way and make self-sacrifice in some way to each other. With the Suicide Squad, they didn't do it's that. It's like your coworker. Yeah, and the Suicide met. Squad. If you want to do DC to DC comparison, the Suicide Squad does it a lot better because then the characters don't feel like they're as connected. Nobody goes, "We're family now" or something like that. You have some bonds in the movie, like with uh. Bloodsport and Ratcatcher, mm-hmm. or even when uh, even when Captain Boomerang gets killed, Harley cares because like okay, th- now it tracks because they've been together. Like or sure. Rick Flag and Harley. Yeah, I also like that Harley and Rick have a rapport, a small little rapport in the Suicide Squad, showing that they've been on more missions together. And it's like even w- even when it, she's like, uh, "What you guys doing?" And he's like, "Well, we, we were gonna save you. It was gonna be awesome." And she's like. Oh, I can go back in. It's like, that's that's nice. That shows how their connection has grown. Yeah, and the character is so much different here than he is in The Suicide Squad. Tristan, any favorite characters from this movie other than Boomerang? <sighs> I mean, you know, you said that Deadshot is just Will Smith being Will Smith, and that's true, and he doesn't act like the Deadshot that I like, but I'll give him this. This was the most Will Smith Will Smith had been in a while. So like, well, I you know I missed a good missed having a good Will Smith moment, you know. So that was nice. Um, Margot Robbie, I think she obviously did a fine job as Harley Quinn. I feel like people don't talk enough about how her accent goes in and out in this movie. Like she has two different accents for half of this film, and it's like, all right, we just we just gonna not acknowledge this and just act like it was perfect. I mean, she was still one of the better parts of the movie, but half the time she has like the Brooklyn accent and then half the time she just has just an American Oh, accent. I think she nails it more in the Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. Oh, right? definitely. And she, yeah, yeah, she definitely gets better, but just no one ever talks. Like, she's such the stand. I'm like, we're missing just the, the dialect differences, but I digress. Um, I like Katana. I wish she had more to do. I like that they introduced her. Hold on, this hold is on. Katana! Yeah, I was about to say, you can't do that. This is Katana. She's got my back. She's got my back! I would recommend being killed by her. Her sword absorbs your soul. 
There you go. See? And that's as much explanation as we get for the the fan favorite character, Katana. I like when she talks to her husband. Yeah, that part's cool. Again, a good acting moment from Karen Fukuhara. You know, too bad we don't really get to see her do anything else of any real depth. Um, Amanda Waller's great, but I have no other favorite characters. No one in this could really be called a favorite, aside from Captain Boomerang. Least favorite, everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my my favorite characters are the obvious. It's like, I've already talked about how I love Amanda. I already talked about um, Will Smith being being, um, Deadshot. Harley Quinn, I don't need to say anything. Tristan said everything. And that's it. I, I mean, I like Rick Flagg, but that's mostly from The Suicide Squad. So I, I can't even attribute it to this movie. Because here, he's kind of a dumbass. Yeah, and he's totally unlikable. Because he gives nothing to Deadshot. Like, it's, it's if you're going to do that dynamic, you have to let it go both ways. That is kind of Rick Flagg's character when The Suicide Squad... Like when he first starts leading the Suicide Squad, he doesn't care about the villains at first, and then he go- and then he comes to respect them. Like after a few, well, I guess the bar scene's supposed to be that, which the bar scene is arguably the best scene in the movie, which isn't saying much, but also it's an hour and ten minutes into the movie, so that is saying a lot. So I guess yeah. that's what they're trying to. Go Where to get the letters? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. He's just been carrying those letters around this whole time. You could have been holding <laughs> ammo like, clips, but like those that was a thick stack. You yeah, could have carried multiple stack. clips, you could have carried bombs, you could have carried fucking tissues or something. I don't know. Like a first aid kit. But no, let's drag around fucking Deadshot's daughter's letters so you can save him for a key moment when he needs motivation. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's like honest, honestly, I would have accepted that if that was emotional manipulation that Amanda Sure. Would, like that if they like had that, explained that, sure, but it, it, just making him carry him around, dumb as shit. Yeah. yeah, again, I think the bar scene was supposed to be that, and I get that. I think the movie was going for the audience is going to care about him because the romance between him and June Moore or June Moon. I don't know why I keep saying more, but uh, at the same time, I don't feel like that's fully fleshed out. He doesn't come across as likable. So, I don't know. There, by the end of the movie, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to need to watch The Suicide Squad so I could like her character. <laughs> There's also the fact that in that whole romance with her, technically, all we see him doing is trying to push June to, like, do the Enchantress stuff. So even then, it's like the one moment where you could have him comfort her when she comes back after the Enchantress is, like, shushing him and everything. It's like, you could have had them at least comfort her, and then we can see some connection. It's like, nope, we just know that they're in love because it's like, hey, you're going to kiss me already? That's it. That's all we get. Great chemistry, those two. Just incredible, impeccable. Some would say the, the greatest love story of a generation. But you know what I think a lot of people mistakenly take as the best love story of a generation? No, shoot me now. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck, no. <laughs> I love Tristan's reaction to that. That was perfect. It's Joker and Harley Quinn. So, oh. this dynamic, this is where we can also Fucking talk about Jared Leto's Joker. Some hot topic bullshit is what it is. It definitely is. Um, Look, I want to make this clear before I throw it over to the two comic guys. Now, they're going to go into a spiel, because I've talked to many comic people in the past who hate this relationship in the movie. And they explained yes. to me why. And I get why. Because also, I've seen Harley Quinn and Joker in literally anything else. Yeah, I was just say just any form of any media. Any form of media. And I kind of get why. Now, we're not even sitting here strictly from a, oh, it's got to be like this because the comics. We're saying this because of every form of media, there's a base characterization between Joker and Harley Quinn. And that is this relationship is not good. It is very toxic. It is supposed to be. And this movie frames it like it is just the notebook. And Joker is just this romantic fool who oh is my just... God. He's just her put her Mr. J. It's his the sole fool. mission to go save Harley Quinn. And everything about this movie with the Joker is the worst. It's the absolute worst. It is so anti-Joker from what I know about the character that I just, I despise it. It's bad. Okay, so can I speak now? Yeah, go ahead, it's bad. The floor is yours. 
I'm trying to keep this short, so let me get on to it. Joker is a fucking manipulator. He doesn't care about her, and I don't care if he cares about her in this one. Honestly, different take. What the fuck ever. But oh my god, no. It is not relationship goals. These two are some of the craziest, most disturbing people on the planet. And the only reason Harley gets better is because she actually realizes, oh shit, I was manipulated by one of the most craziest individuals on the planet. A dude who does not care about me, and he used me, and he may have, he may have feelings, he may not, but I realized, this is bad for me. Hey, let me go shank up with the green lady who can control plants. At least she cares about my well-being, and I care about Keep hers. in mind, Drew. That is a lo- Keep in mind, sorry to interrupt you, I thought you were done. <laughs> Your rant was kind of wrapping up there. I mistimed it. But also keep in mind, in just the frame of this movie, if we want to take out all the context of what the character is and or what the relationship is in the comics and in the TV show and the whole mad love thing, in terms of just this movie, you should see that because he literally tortures her and throws her into a vat of acid. No, no, no. He didn't throw her. He said... He is like, it's so manipulation. Would you live for me? And she jumps in, and when she doesn't emerge, he's ready to leave her. But then, oh, then he, he goes, goes back, back and saves her. So doesn't throw like, her in, but then <laughs> talks her into jumping into the vat of acid. You know, hold on. Yes. The very important part of this whole scene is the vat of acid. Mm. I just want to make that clear. And I don't think, I don't, or is it acids? Is it just chemicals? Like we're not entirely it, sure. About not, the I'm not entirely sure, but it seems like that's what it is. And by the way, they just both get up and they start kissing, and the whole time I'm just like, that's not so good romantic. for anybody. Like that's not good. Yeah, it's so romantic, Taylor. You just don't know what romance is. I, apparently, I don't. But again, just in terms of the, even if you want to take out everything that's known about the characters and their relationships history off this movie and just look at what this movie does. I still don't understand how people were like relationship goals. Look, I need to get off the I need to get off the relationship before I go into another rant. So I'm just gonna switch to why is Gotham have the Joker chemicals? Even if you count how corrupted Gotham is, yeah, why are they still why there? Did anyone, Ace chemicals just yeah, blows up every single time. Allow Ace chemicals <laughs> yeah. to keep those chemicals. It's like, oh, this is the stuff that the Joker fell in. How he was created. Like we may need you to know, do something story. different with this. Tristan, any thoughts? Uh, it's a bad and gross portrayal, and I say gross in the sense of glorifying toxicity. Uh, the one thing I'll give David Ayer, apparently, like when he wrote it, like it was supposed, and the the stuff they cut, like it was supposed to be more clearly like not a positive thing, like Joker hitting her and shit and, yeah. and whatnot. But like. Yeah, well, studio interference was cut, so they reshot it, and now it's all like, oh my god, I love you, Mr. J. I don't know. It's fucking stupid. He pushes her out of the helicopter to save her life, and now something else, too, where I was like, I feel like he would jump out himself and leave her there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, he, he, would totally leave, he would totally leave her normally at the time, but it's like, he, they didn't even let him push her, out the, push her out the helicopter to, like, do something to save himself. No, he... Harley had to trip, and they D-lock d- arms, and the Joker is so dead, guys. Believe it. Ugh. I wish. That would have saved us from him showing up in the Snyder Cut. But, let's go ahead, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this movie, so let's just go ahead and really talk about whatever we want to talk about. How did Captain Boomerang come back? I thought he left. He No, he just, he ran out and then he came back and I still don't know why. Like, actually, I wrote notes down. I write notes down every time we review something. My notes for this is, why did he come back? Most of my notes are questions, by the way. Why is the Joker framed as a romantic character? How does Waller survive the helicopter crash? Wait, uh, why did Bo- why did Boomerang come back after bolting? Plot armor. <laughs> the the Boomerang coming back like well, that's just because Boomerang's come back. I don't know. That's that we can write away just with comedy. I think. Enchant. This is the ending of all who have faced me. You have earned mercy, she says to the Suicide Squad. Why? 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 What have they done? What What, what have they, they done? They, done? they didn't even talk. If to anything, them. they should die. Yeah, like I don't get it. <laughs> well, here's another question. Uh, like Enchantress and her brother are like apparently gods or something in this version and everything. Like they were worshipped and stuff. El Diablo is apparently also a god in this version. 
I don't remember if that's a thing in the original, but I don't care. Uh, why doesn't she just talk to the god that is the flame deity El Diablo? That would have made more sense. It's like you had it right there. Well, I, had a, I had a question. I had a question that I want to see if you guys can answer. Because, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's why. But, <laughs> so, Amanda Waller, crack military and, and, you know, espionage genius that we know her to be says, hey, let's use this opportunity to fucking get some of these little enchantress soldiers, these little goo guys, as we'll call them. Let's get some of these little goo guys, and we're going to use them, we're going to make our own army. It's like they can take a bullet to the head and keep going. Can they? Can they, Amanda? Because we watch as they take multiple bullets to the head and cease to go. Yeah. They're pretty easy to take. They're pretty easily destructible. Harley Quinn takes him out with a baseball bat. Yeah, pretty easily destructible. Like, Deadshot's taking him out with yeah. one bullet. Like you said, Harley Quinn is taking him out with a baseball bat. It's not really a good army. It's a bad army. I'd go as so far as to say. The yeah, only that's difference a hot would be is they're mindless. That's it. So if you just want yeah. a mindless well, army. Well, apparently so was the rest of the fucking Suicide Squad, because they still did her fucking mission. Yeah. Yep. Well, here's a thing that you just reminded me of, because... The soldiers and everything, it's like, I I remember uh, there was someone who I talked to who said, the Enchantress is basically Rita Repulsa. The soldiers are putties. Those are, those are as big Rita Repulsa vibes. See, when I was saying goo guys, I was thinking of Ivan Ooze, but no, this is Rita Repulsa. This yeah, mean, Rita Repulsa, mean her brother Incubus can be fucking Goldar. <laughs> uh, I guess. Or Lord Zed. <laughs> no, nah, I don't insult Lord Zed like that. After he said that, I couldn't get those vibes out of my head. It's like, oh, the over the overconfidence, the weird movements sometimes. It's like, yeah, and the putties. It's like, yeah, you're Rita Repulsa. All you're missing is, like, instead of the laser beam in the sky, it's like, make my monster grow. And, you know, Suicide Squad become Power Rangers. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get to the ending? Uh, we kind of really just talked about everything, mostly. When, we, when it comes to the story... There's not really a story here. There is a story, but when I'm saying a story worth talking about on a podcast, there's not one. This movie uses licensed music. They use camera cuts and screen effects to cut corners for a story. There's not much we can talk about. Action sequences are okay, I guess. I do. One thing I will say I love, I love the scene with Deadshot when he finally decides to get into the fight and he fucks shit up. I love that scene. That's cool. That's really cool. And yeah. he's like, uh, I forgot what he tells Rick Flag, but it was really badass. Like, that's how I run or something? Yeah, like that's that. how I cut and run. But uh, getting into the ending, the Suicide Squad, all they come together as a family. They really do. Especially El Diablo. He really felt that way uh, towards the end. He might have been the only one who felt that way. I have. I know, so they right? go to where Enchantress has been hiding, getting her army getting the giant beam in the sky going, all the cool stuff that you've seen in superhero movies before, but way worse. Enchantress gives them all like visions of what they want, and it ends with the Suicide Squad going, nope, we're just going to kill you. I would have applauded if they ended the movie with the Suicide Squad villains taking uh, the Enchantress's deal of getting their the lives that they want, because that feels more on brand for them. It's like, when offered what they want, why the hell wouldn't they take the deal? Because they want to do one good thing. Even show though I don't know why. Deadshot wants to show his daughter that her daddy's not a piece of shit. Yeah, but why does Harley Quinn give a fuck? Why does Boomer... Why does Boomerang yeah, help? That's what bothers me the most. Killer Croc, too. Like, Yeah, it's like they... It's like all of them. They don't give... They don't give a damn about doing one good thing. That is all Deadshot and Rick. It's like none of the others care. It's like Katana, I guess she counts too. Uh, but it's like, why do the others care? Yeah, and there's a lot of slow-mo. You would think Zack Snyder was part of this. Like, he gave David Ayer some pointers. Like, you know, man, solid script right here. Don't let the Could studio... Use a little slow-mo. I, okay, here's here's <laughs> what I think happened. I, I think Zack Snyder and David Ayer, they're sitting down talking about the script. Zack Snyder's like, man, you got a solid script here. Uh, don't let Warner Brothers go anywhere near it. Also... You want to add in some slow mo for that ending as much as possible, as much as humanly possible. I want it to be is like David. You want it to be so slow that the audience feels like they're going back in time. 
we're about to go ahead and wrap up on this episode. But if you are enjoying this show and want to hear more from us at TNS Network, you may want to consider taking an old gander at our video game news recap podcast called Power Up and Game. On that podcast, we run through some of the most trending stories around the gaming industry that we found interesting with a focus on the conversation over the number of topics we cover. Episodes of Power Up and Game drop every Friday night. In terms of what you can expect on the latest episode of Power Up and Game, not totally sure what we're going to be talking about yet. I will find some kind of way on that show to talk about the first episode of The Last of Us. I would much rather be doing an episode on that right now than this. Uh, but we have to continue our DCEU Memorial Tour to get to the good stuff. It's things like this where I'm like, I'm glad it's dead. <laughs> God, I agree. <laughs> wow. I hate to say it. You know, I'm, hey, Flash, I'm going to go see it. Aquaman 2, I'm sure I'll have a blast. Shazam looks fun. I'm really looking forward to Blue Beetle. But if this is what it's built on, let's fucking... I, you know what, guys? I'm on the train. Let's fucking reboot it all. I don't care anymore. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of having to defend this universe. I'm so tired of fighting for this universe that has never once fought for me. You know? I have been carrying the DCU fandom on my back. And what has it done to reward my faith? Fired Someone tell Zack me. Snyder, then brought him back in the last ditch attempt to get fanfare and released the Snyder Cut. Everything regarding Ray Fisher. Kept Ezra Miller on, although they have been just... A criminal. They've been acting more like the reverse Flash than the actual Flash. <laughs> not, not a great person overall. I think everybody can agree on that. Um. Oh, and uh, then there, then there's the fact that they brought back Henry Cavill to play Superman. See, that's more him, I think on the circumstance. I don't put DC as much on that because you know The Rock went above Walter Amada and everybody at DC to get Henry Cavill back, and then James Gunn comes in, which he had his pitch for Superman, and that was a younger Superman. So it, I don't know. That's just more circumstances. It sucks, but it is what it is. I don't put that one on DC or Warner Brothers. I can understand that, but it still feels like a repercussion of just DC's bad, uh, DC and Warner Brothers bad uh, stuff in general. It's all a cascading effect that has affected it. And as you can see, of the two toxic relationships we've talked about, there's now a third with Tristan in the DC. It is a toxic relationship. <laughs> it is 100% a toxic relationship. I'm the victim here. And you're getting out of that toxic relationship as soon as James Gunn announces his DCE. DCU. <laughs> Please, God, James, just something. Just give me, he's supposed to be sometime this month, like two or three movies. Just give me something, bro. Like, give me some idea. Is it a reboot? Is it not? Reboot it all. Honestly, I don't care. Just don't reboot Robert Pattinson Batman. Fuck it. Just put it in the same universe. Just put it in this start fresh, or have the Blue Beetle movie be the first in a new in a new universe. That's also fine because he's a great character and he shouldn't have to suffer. You know, like let's just just give Jason Momoa's Lobo. I was a big Lobo fan in middle school, like everyone else. I'd be entertained by that. Just fucking, <sighs> I'm so tired. Crisis on Infinite Earths. That shit. No, have to. I'm so. Care. That's another thing. I'm so fucking tired of multiverses and crises. And just events and drill. Just give me a good goddamn story. I'm tired. I'm tired of the fucking cameos. Will I be there for Secret Wars to see Hugh Jackman and Tommy McGuire? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Of course. Largely because we got to fucking talk about it. But I just want to see Superman sweep Lois Lane off her feet. And I want to see Lex being mischievous. That's what I want. If you give me that and you give me a Green Lantern movie, then fucking there you go. You'll get bonus points from me if you, like, even hint at Kyle Rayner. I don't care if he appears, just... At this point, the, just an acknowledgement around. that the Green Lantern Corps exists, I think, would would be nice. Oh, yeah. It's honestly a shame that the CW has more Green Lantern representation yeah, than Don't even, don't DCE. even fucking give me started. So. You can find me on the socials, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at BackIsYouBins. I'm writing stuff over at Screen Rant. It's great. Like, go read my stuff. That's more fulfilling to me than anything that the DCU has offered me in quite a while. Um, so, yeah, I'm, fu I'm done. I can't, I'm done. All right. I'm going to refrain from asking Tristan this 
because I think Drew, you pushed him. I, I thought about bringing him back. I was like, Tristan, I know you're tired of it, but one last time, let's get into our final thoughts. But then Drew said, nah, motherfucker, I'm pushing him off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, and, and in all honesty, I did not expect that. To, I did not expect that to happen. I'm happy I honestly did, forgot Tristan's stance on the CW. <laughs> I want to go watch Justice League Unlimited or something. I don't fucking know, man. Tristan, I want to let you know that as a friend and as a human being, I'm sorry if you are having a breakdown right now. And I hope you get better. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm on Lexapro. <laughs> as a content creator, I'm very glad you are having a breakdown because it's great content. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I, I respect Taylor. I respect both sides of that of that statement. So I just get it. transparency is a big thing to me. So I just wanted to be transparent. With I, you. Hey, I appreciate. It. I appreciate the support, and I'm glad that I can bring something to to the show. You're more entertaining than a movie. I'll say that. Yeah, that's um, a low bar, but thank you. But on that this movie note. sucks. Everybody, <laughs> it's bad. Just go read the Suicide Squad comics from the '80s. Call it a day. Or just watch the sequel. You don't. You won't lose anything from it. Literally, just skip this. Skip this. Block it on HBO Max if you can. <laughs> Hackers delete it from it. Hackers delete it from it. Mandela affected out of our collective cultural memory. It just doesn't need to exist. Let's get the fuck out of here. I want to thank you both for your service on this podcast. I want to thank anyone for listening. And if you want to complain about suicide squad with us join our discord the link is in the description of this episode along with everything else we talked about earlier um we are continuing our dce memorial tour over the next few weeks here's what we have in the near future thank god we're gonna talk about a good movie next week we're gonna be talking about wonder woman uh and then we're gonna get into a two-parter with Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're going to be covering the first three parts in part one and the rest of the movie in part two. Um, so that's what we got coming up. We're not sure if we're going to continue our memorial tour after that. We might pick up, pick up on it whenever Shazam starts to come out or The Flash just because we want to get into some other stuff. And I think the guys need some, they need some palate cleansers here. After this movie, I think it really broke uh, my palate inside him. needs to be needs to be cleansed. Again, as a content creator, this is great stuff. I appreciate it. But we will see you next week. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel.